after drawing out the specifications for my house, laying the foundations is phase one of my building project. And in my simple European mind, I believed that pricing up to the cost of laying the foundations and actually doing the work of laying the foundations would work in the same way as I had learned in the UK. But I was wrong. And I also didn't find out I was wrong until weeks into phase one of the build and it almost gave me heart failure. My name is Dr. Asha Sefanit Wadasi. And like many people of African descent, I used to live in the UK, but I always had a dream which developed into a plan to move to an African country of my dreams. After traveling around several African countries on the African continent, I finally settled on Malawi, a small country the size of the UK, which is in the east side of the African continent. And I love it here. My podcast is about my life in Malawi, how I got here, how I'm managing to stay here, and some of the interesting things I get up to during my daily life. I also focus on helping you to break through with your own best life plans for living in your own hot country of your dreams or just having the life you want. I also look at your money freedoms, your job freedoms and many other things that can help you to get that best life. So stick with me as I take you through the living your best life in Africa experience. It's going to be a blast. Greetings, you're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast and this is episode 155. So we're back on the house building project and my excitement is growing by the day because we are now into the throes of building the foundations for my house and in true hedia and culturally ignorant fashion, I've had my first shock of the build. You'll remember back in July this year, I spoke about beginning the first of three phases of building my house in Malawi, with phase one being about laying the foundations for the house. Well, those foundations have been coming along, but not before I had a huge cultural lesson to learn. You see, when you're building a structure in the UK, Things work differently. Way, way back in a previous life, I learnt about house building as part of my job as a contracts and tenders clerk with a West Yorkshire local authority. In that role, I was responsible for checking the specifications for a complete house build and for ensuring that everything needed was contained within the specification so that the specification could be priced up by the building contractors. So the building contractors would then collect the specifications from me and would then secure their own prices for each part of the work contained within the specification. And then they would put all their prices together to come up with one price for the building of a complete house. After which, they would then submit that price in a tender for the job to me. And then, when all the tenders are received and opened, the lowest tender would win. That's how it was supposed to work in theory. 
But whilst in that job, my tender young eyes saw so much corruption with the process. It was scandalous. But that's a different story. In theory, that is how it worked. And so for this experience, I thought this was the way you priced up the cost of building a house. Not in Malawi. No. After drawing out the specifications for my house, laying the foundations is phase one of my building project. And in my simple European mind, I believe that pricing up the cost of laying the foundations and actually doing the work of laying the foundations would work the same way as I had learnt in the UK. But I was wrong. And I didn't find out I was wrong until weeks into phase one of the build and it almost gave me heart failure. You see, in Malawi, when it comes to building a house, things work in a completely different way for everything. And what that means is that if you are given a price for a job, you are only going to be given a price for a part of a job and not the whole job. But the way in which you have the conversations, you will be told that the price is to finish the whole job without realising that what is actually being spoken about and the price that you have been given is for completing the whole job, but only the whole job of one part of the total job of the foundations. Sounds confusing? It also sounded confusing to me. To understand what's going on here, you have to understand the culture of Malawi. In Malawi, it's very difficult to get big money and make big money, which we call capitals, because the country's economy is based on agriculture, which pays okay, but the average person is not going to get rich from farming beans, rice, potatoes and other vegetables, unless it's done on a huge scale. So because of this, people in Malawi are the original creators of multiple income streams. Everyone has at least two to three different income streams and money coming in from different places in addition to their farms so they can live, pay rent, pay for their children's schooling at secondary level which costs about £20 per term in government secondary schools and also money to buy things needed for the family. So against this backdrop where there's a job available as many different people and trades will come to get a piece of that job and the person who is the main lead on the job will try to spread as much work to others as possible so as many people can eat from the job after of course taking the biggest piece of pie for himself. And the principle of the builder here is that if I do this for a job I have for you if I do this for you and let you in on a job I have, you will do this for me on a job you have, in a kind of you scratch my back, I scratch yours approach. But the problem is that by doing this, it means that the job has to be broken down into different parts and pieces of work, so that it can be given to different groups of workers, so that 
they can earn money or eat money, as we say in Malawi. So after all that explanation, you've probably guessed where I'm heading with this, right? Next thing, I come along with my European mind and I ask for a price for the job of laying the foundations for my house. I was then given a price for the foundations and got that money together and paid it. And I'm happily going along, believing the foundations for my house will be completed. Meaning that from my experience, the site will be handed back over to me with everything to do with the job of laying foundations having been completed. But, and this is where the shock comes in. The money I paid, it turns out, was for only one part of the job and only the completion of that part of the job. And to make matters worse, I was then asked for money to pay for the next part of the job, which was completely unexpected. And then after that, I was asked for more money to complete another part of the job and then another part of the job for more money and then another part of the job for more money. And on and on it went until the original price I had been quoted to complete the job had tripled and ended up putting a severe dent in my house building budget. So I want to give you the picture of the parts of the job for laying foundations of my house, which was then broken down into smaller parts that would invite others to eat off the project. Because me, I will never forget them. Firstly, there was the gang who were going to dig the soil for the foundations of the house and the perimeter wall. Then there was the gang who was going to collect the building materials to bring to the site for use by the builder to lay the foundations. Then there was the gang who were actually going to lay the foundation stones and build the first level foundations for the house and the perimeter wall. Then there was the gang who will be digging the septic tank of which there are three. Septic tanks are holes that carry toilet waste into an underground soak away. And these are huge holes, the likes of which I've never seen before. And I've never seen anyone dig a hole that big and that deep without scaffold inside the hole to make sure the hole doesn't fall in on you whilst you're digging down into it. The hole is massive. And maybe I'll post a picture so you can see the ingenuity of this thing without a piece of scaffolding in sight. And then you'll be able to see what I mean. Then there's the gang who have to dig the trail for the laying of water pipes to bring water to the site. Then there's the gang who have to chop down the trees on the site, which are now hazardous because we've disturbed the soil on the site. And now the trees are likely to fall on other people's houses. So I have to chop them down. And I have to warn the gang not to cut down my mango tree and letting them know that I'm happy if the tree falls on me, as long as the mangoes land in my mouth. And they laugh, and they laugh. Then there's the gang who are going to cut the same chopped down tree into wooden planks for use in the foundations of the plot before the concrete can be laid. And here I was cheeky, and I asked them to cut me a table and some stools for outside from the same big tree stump 
before sending in a translator to make sure that I wouldn't be charged again for the job. And then finally, there's the gang who will landscape the site to minimise flood damage that could happen during the rainy season, when there is much, much water around the village. So I now count eight prices for nine pieces of work, all connected to the laying of foundations for my house. And given that every gang charges a different price, you can see that with eight paid pieces of work, this is how the cost for laying the foundations went from one price, which I thought was high but quite reasonable, to triple the original estimate I was given. I was mad, I was livid. And it was difficult trying to explain to the builder that this is not how you price up a job. He, in return, quite rightly looked at me as if I was the mad one. I then looked at him and through an interpreter, asked why the job is priced like this when some of the jobs contain some of the same men who move around from job to job. And although there are different men that also join them to do the work, to me it's still the same men. I wanted to know, for example, why the men who dug the foundations around the house and the perimeter wall could not also do the landscaping or dig the site for laying the pipes, all within the same gang and the work schedule. And the same work schedule. Why did the work have to be seen as if it was separate? Why did the work have to be seen as if they were separate pieces of work and then all priced at a different rate, as if they had nothing to do with each other? The answer I got reading through the lines is that I must expect people to work for free and this is not fair. So on top of making me feel bad that the builder thought I wanted to make people work for free, I was also left with an unexpected bill of some several thousands of pounds which severely dented my overall costings. So the moral of the story is that when I move on to the next phase, I have said that no one is getting paid unless I know the full cost and the total estimated cost of the whole project from start to finish. If it has a hundred jobs as part of the project, I want to know what those jobs are and how much each of the jobs will cost me and then the total cost so I can properly estimate the total cost of the job. And although the builder is looking at me funny, I've been assured that I can have this, strange though it may be for the builder to understand why I want this. You see, I want to know that I have all my money ready to pay people. Not that I have some money and then I must scramble around for the remainder of the money. No, I can't work like this. The second moral of the story is that not all cultures around house building are the same. In different cultures, how the work is divided up is not simply based on skills and expertise, but also, like in Malawi, making sure the job feeds as many people as possible so that everyone can get a share of the money. And that makes perfect sense to me. I just wish I had known this at the beginning so that I did not look so stupid or look like a rabbit caught in the headlights when the cost of the foundations kept rising and rising. Because believe me, it was not a pretty sight. So I've survived the first part of the project and things will come to an end in time for the rainy season. The project will then move on to phase two after the rainy season in 2023. 
So remember to stay tuned for the next thrilling installment. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a thing. And you can also leave me a review on iTunes or a rating on Spotify, which will help to push the podcast up in the rankings. The links you need to all my social media pages and to where this podcast is hosted, they're all in the show notes for this episode. Just scroll down and you can see the links there, including links to receive my newsletter so you can keep up with everything I'm doing. Also, as a special treat, if you are part of my private Facebook group, I'll be putting together a short film made up of images and drone footage of my house plot so you can see what the project looks like now that the foundations of the eight jobs are in full swing. So if you're not part of the group, you need to join so you can see that footage. Until then, thanks for continuing to support the podcast and thanks for being here. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asha. And until the next episode, I'm 